Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Hi, I'm Willie King, and this is The Bigger Picture. Asia-Pacific markets are set for a rebound in the final trading day of the week, mirroring moves on Wall Street last night. Japan is currently up 0.13% and Australia is up 0.36%. South Korea and Chinese markets are closed for the holiday. Now, in many parts of the world, we are experiencing heat waves, with specific places facing heavy rains and El Nino amplifying these volatile weather conditions. The onset has been mild yet far, but expectations are that the impact will be more evident this year through to early 2024. So joining us on the line as we unpack all of this is Radhika Rao, Senior Economist of DBS Bank. Good morning, Radhika. How are you? Hi, morning. Doing well. I hope the same with you. <laughs> I'm doing great. I mean, just put, to put things in context, you know, you're talking about the weather in India. How bad has the weather been compared to what has India has experienced before? Um, so weather certainly, like you rightly mentioned, um, has been quite uh, temperamental uh, over the last few months. Uh, I think in India's case, the time of the year that we are in is uh, quite important. Uh, from June heading into September, you know, is a very crucial southwest monsoon for the country. Uh, now, that is when the summer crop is, now monsoon is over, a couple of months later it's harvested. Uh, so that's why I think a lot more attention being paid to how much rainfall and all of that. And at, at this point, the cumulative rainfall in this uh, part of uh, the monsoon is about 8% down, 6 to 7% down if you take cumulatively. But between states or between parts of the country, uh, you know, the precipitation has been different. Some seeing shortfalls, some seeing near flat rains. So again, these things impact, uh, you know, how fast the plants are sown uh, or the seeds are sown, you know, how fast, how, how do you, um, you know, how much it can be, it can grow and the quality of the yield and all of that. Uh, hence the attention. Uh, certainly between months, it's been different. August was a sharp fall. September is looking a bit better, uh, but we are on the tail end of the monsoon season. Mm. I mean, we're talking about right now how, how bad the weather is fitting into inflationary pressures in India. So I'd just like to ask Radhika, how is this affecting India's economy and the inflation outlook going forward? Uh, yes, that's e- extremely relevant as well. Um, inflation, for instance, at you know we, between June and July, there was quite a variation in the rainfall. Uh, we had seen selected vegetable prices, for example, uh, really shoot many times about 4x higher uh, between the months. And vegetables by itself are very crop, you know, short crop cycles. Uh, so we've seen inflation spike. Uh, and thereafter, you know, the government has taken a lot of administrative steps to make sure there are better supplies between states. And because, you know, uh, tends to harvest, you know, the uh, short crop cycles, the fresh supplies also came in. So since then, prices have come down. Uh, but if you see in ASEAN as well as India, prices like rice, wheat, you know, pulses, uh, have tended to continue to go up and these mm. tend to be a bit stickier. So I think that will have impact on inflation uh, as well as growth, uh, particularly because a big part of uh, you know, uh, labor is employed in the you know, agricultural sector. Mm. I mean, besides perishable, you know, driven inflation, you are also looking at food greens, which warrant some attention here. I mean, I'd just like to ask you, what crops are most at risk and how much will this affect other markets that are reliant on Indian exports? Uh, you know, the published data about, again, uh, sowing happening in this part of the year, uh, which tends to be quite important for rice, uh, which tends to be quite important for other crops like sugarcane, cotton, pulses. Um, it tells us that it's flat on the year, you know, compared to last year, this year's uh, overall output is uh, pretty much the same. 
between crops again there's a bit of variation like rice is a bit in, like, more than how much was grown last year pulses is a lot lesser so which means again you know that will have an impact on the supplies and the prices of these food grains and of course india is an important exporter of rice uh, so there've been some restrictions that have been put in place which means that other countries like philippines or indonesia uh, they will have to look at other suppliers including thailand vietnam to shore up their own domestic stocks so overall i think again this part of the region which is quite a big consumer of rice particularly is you know looking at uh, getting as much stocks as possible uh, but until that happens domestic inflation continues to climb and i think in this context philippines really stands out because rice has uh, you know huge weightage about 10% weightage in their own inflation mm. market yeah, I mean, if you see strong inflationary prints are sort of right now aligned with the RBI's policy committee's um, stance on inflation. So how much scope is there for India's central bank to tighten its policy to mitigate inflationary pressures? Um, so, so for the central bank, uh, for instance, uh, what they have done is in the last couple of policy reviews, they have tend to keep a very hawkish stance. They haven't raised rates. But they've continued to maintain that uh, while growth is good, uh, inflation is still at risk, particularly food prices. They're looking at what's happening to global international oil prices as well. So to their benefit, they've actually kept a very uh, cautionary stance. Uh, so I think going forward as well, we do think the next two meetings at least, and they meet in October next, early October, uh, we do expect that tone to be maintained, particularly because global of crude prices have also now gone up to 90 plus kind of levels. And food locally while vegetable is down, some other prices are up. So we expect a on hold, but the policy committee to be uh, quite looking at inflation, monitoring inflation uh, quite closely. Uh, inflation numbers are going to come down because of base effects, but otherwise I think they will continue to maintain that inflation is a bigger concern now, as of now, rather than growth. Growth is looking uh, you know, pretty okay. It's on trend. All right, so growth is looking pretty okay. Inflation is set to come down. So just to wrap things up, Radhika, what will this likely mean for the Indian rupee? And so for the rupee, uh, I think what has really mattered a lot more is uh, two things. Uh, you know, what's happening to the dollar overall. Uh, and, uh, you know, as all of the observers have been noticing, dollar since about July has been on a one-way uh, rally. We've seen the dollar index head towards 106 mark, uh, which most which has meant most of the Asian currencies, including the rupee, have been on a slightly weakening streak. Uh, so for the rupee, we expect it to dollar rupee to to settle around the 83, 85 mark um, on the exchange rate. And the second factor is essentially even the central bank, uh, you know, whatever flows they're getting in, they prefer to absorb it uh, so that it adds to foreign reserves. So net net, you know, dollar as well as policy. Uh, on uh, domestically uh, will keep the dollar rupee higher. So our range is, uh, in our FX strategy's expectation, like that will be in the 83 to 85 uh, range in the rest of this year. Hmm. We have been speaking with Radhika Rao, Senior Economist of DBS Bank. Thank you so much, Radhika, for coming onto the show. Thanks, really. Thank- good to speak to. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.